it would appear that Belichick's going to still be the guy pulling the strings at the perfect time for a team reboot, right? The perfect time. We talked about that last week. When you have the most cap space in football and a high draft pick, that seems like a really good time to hit the reset button, change the coaching staff if you want to move on, change the quarterback if you're done with Mac Jones, or get the next guy in at least the succession plan in place. But you'd, you'd think you'd want to do that without Bill Belichick. You wouldn't want Bill Belichick hitting the reboot and then leaving after the 2024 season, as Tommy Curran's kind of pointing out to you, right, Jordy? So that part makes no sense, and it adds another crazy wrinkle to this whole story. Well, I'm thinking here now that after this season, we're going to have a big decision made. Um, and I'm with you, I'll, uh, Tommy Curran. He's really great at what he does. So I'm going to take his report since he's the local guy, you know, working the team. But if Bill Belichick, if his contract is really up in 2024, then, you know, this is – I feel like after this season, we're going to get our answer. Is Bill Belichick the long-term – is he the long-term coach of New England? Or – or are they going to go in a different direction? Hey there, everybody. Welcome into the show. It's the Patriots Wire podcast. Great to have you with us. Ryan O'Leary here playing host. Joined as always by my good friend, Jordy McElroy. Jordy, of course, is the managing editor of the Patriots Wire. Jordy, how are you, my friend? And how you feeling about a Patriots victory over the Bills, man? You got to be pumped about that. I'm definitely pumped, man. It's about time, you know, going into that game. I don't think either one of us thought that the Patriots would even put up much of a fight, much less win the freaking game. So incredible victory there for the Patriots and a little hope moving forward, right? You know, the Patriots may be back on track. If they can go in here and beat the Dolphins here in week eight coming up, maybe there's some hope, Ron. Maybe they can make something of this. I can't I, I can't believe we're saying that, but maybe, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if there's some hope. But it was just a wild weekend. Uh Starting with a, a Sunday morning news drop by Ian Rappaport, uh, which you texted me right away, and I was just blown away when I saw this, uh, Jordy. Here's what Ian Rappaport dropped. I think it was like 8, 9, 9 a.m., 10, 10 a.m. Eastern, something like that, right before the game. Here it is. With the Patriots struggling as they really never have, Bill Belichick's job security has somehow been a topic in New England. As you just heard, would Robert Kraft make a move midseason? Would he make a move at all? Now, my understanding is we'll be not inclined to make a move midseason, but allow me to add some news. Sources say Bill Belichick, during the offseason, quietly agreed to terms on a lucrative multi-year new contract. His contract, one of the most closely held secrets in New England. That said, I think it's fair to say there was some at least uncertainty or intrigue surrounding him. Now, contractually, he is locked up long term. And Rich, at least we're going to have the discussion. This at least adds some context with the context with the Patriots committing to the greatest coach in history long term. So there's the news drop, Jordy. I mean, dropping lines like lucrative, long term. This is all like what are all of our heads are exploding, right? Our brains are popping out of our heads. That emoji right before the game. We're like, wait, wait, what? They've already committed to Bill Belichick. And then immediately where my mind goes is like, who's leaking that? It's not. I mean, folks in Foxborough aren't just going to randomly leak information about Bill's contract. You need the security clearance for that, Jordy, right? So that's not happening. So was it the Crafts or Belichick? And it doesn't do the Crafts any good to leak information about this contract if they just re-upped him uh, last season or this offseason or whatever. If they just re-upped him, it does the Crafts no good when everybody's criticizing Belichick and the frustrations are about as high as they've ever been with him, right? It doesn't do them any good to leak that. So it had to be Bill's side. He leaks that to be like, no, 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 no. 
yeah, all these reports about the crafts maybe being okay firing me if this season continues to go off the rails. Now, I'm, st- I'm still here. And oh, by the way, I still got it because now the Patriots go out there. They play their best game of the season to beat the Bills. He coaches circles around Sean McDermott. He shuts down Josh Allen, finally wins that battle, Jordy. I mean, you know, it's that brain out of the head emoji, right? It is just the fl- not so subtle flex by Belichick. I mean, I know Mac Jones had his moment in this game and we should, we're going to get to that as well. But this was a huge flex by Bill Belichick. He he not only gets it out there that he has this contract in place for 2024, possibly beyond. It depends on who you believe. But then he also goes and beats the Bills and the team looks really good doing it. I mean, what a flex by Belichick. Yeah, and I mean, I completely agree. The timing of that was very interesting. I mean, <laughs> I mean, basically... The last few weeks, what have we been talking about? We've been talking about Belichick being on the hot seat and yep. potentially being done in New England um, and, and whether Kraft or not, if he's going to fire Bill Belichick at the end of the season. And then all of a sudden, heading into a, a game against the Buffalo Bills, news drops that Belichick had been signed in the offseason to a lucrative multi-year deal with the Patriots. So I just thought the timing there was was pretty strange and interesting. And obviously, you you can see on Twitter and, and social media fans, obviously, with their theories and everything about, about why that was. But it didn't matter. At the end of the day, Bill Belichick, he came in and he handled business against the Buffalo Bills, kind of cementing his place and his legacy in New England. Now, Ryan, I've said this before. I actually said it last week. I think Bill Belichick is fantastic as a head coach. I'd love for Bill Belichick to stay on as head coach. But as a GM I mean, I'm still of the belief that Bill needs to get up out of there. (laughs) They need to get someone else in that role, in that position. I don't think Bill has necessarily ever been that great of a general manager. So it would be great to have a guy that can come in, or or a woman, whoever, that can come in and do a great job with the personnel, the Patriots. You know, it's just... It's just it's too spotty here, especially on the offensive side of the football. They've got to make some improvements there. But but I completely agree. Belichick flexing, you know, showing off, show, showing his showing his good stuff here against the Buffalo Bills. Look, man, get information to leak out of New England. That's like Area 51 up there. <laughs> yeah. So you, you know, this this kind of stuff doesn't happen quite often. So so yeah, I I, I found it I found it quite interesting that that leaked at that specific time. Yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not so coincidental that it leaks before the game and then the Patriots go out, they play their best game of the season. They beat the Bills. I mean, it's just amazing. Now, it depends on what report you believe. Ian Rappaport saying lucrative multi-year extension makes you think that it's, you know, for the foreseeable future, Belichick will be around. Maybe to Shula's record, right? We're talking multiple years for that to happen. Two, three years for him to get there. But then Tommy Curran comes out of NBC Sports Boston. I've always been a big fan of Tommy Curran, Jordy, because like me, he started at a little newspaper in New Hampshire and then got his way up, worked his way up. Now, I'm definitely not where Tommy Curran is, but from for me, working at a little newspaper in New Hampshire right out of college, I always followed Tommy Curran, thought he was great. And I trust his takes on things and his opinions. And he says he's hearing Bill's contract expires in 2024, meaning after next season, when, as we talked about last week at length, the Patriots have the most cap space in football and possibly a top five, top 10 pick, depending on what happens. If they play like they did against Buffalo, maybe it's not a top five pick, but you know what I'm saying, right? It would appear that Belichick's going to still be the guy pulling the strings at the perfect time for a team reboot, right? The perfect time. We talked about that last week. When you have the most cap space in football and a high draft pick, that seems like a really good time to hit the reset button 
change the coaching staff if you want to move on, change the quarterback if you're done with Mac Jones, or get the next guy in at least a succession plan in place. But you you think you'd want to do that without Bill Belichick. You wouldn't want Bill Belichick hitting the reboot and then leaving after the 2024 season, as Tommy Curran's kind of pointing out to you, right, Jordy? So that part makes no sense, and it adds another crazy wrinkle to this whole story. Well, I'm thinking here now that after this season, we're going to have a big decision made. Um, and I'm with you, I'll, uh, Tommy Curran. He's really great at what he does. So I'm going to take his report since he's the local guy, you know, working the team. But if Bill Belichick, if his contract is really up in 2024, then, you know, this is – I feel like after this season, we're going to get our answer. Is Bill Belichick the long-term – is he the long-term coach of New England? Or – or are they going to go in a different direction? You wouldn't keep him on in 2024, which is supposed to be a reboot for this team. I mean, come on. I mean, unless unless you think unless you think that they're going to somehow turn things around and go go beat Miami and somehow make this into a salvageable season. I'm not saying it's impossible, but the but but the road there is 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 quite tough still with yes. the hardest schedule in the entire NFL. So We'll see what happens there. But I think at the end of the season, we're kind of looking at a reboot here. The Patriots potentially getting a top five or top ten pick here in the first round of the draft. And if you keep Bill Belichick on, then you keep him on to make those decisions and to rebuild this football team. And, you know, obviously there's always the option that Kraft can step in and and, and ask Bill to step away from, from being the general manager. We can get, a, get another guy in that role. That's a possibility as well. Whether Bill would be willing to do that or not, that's a whole other other story entirely. But yeah, I mean, I think this just solidifies the fact that we're going to get our we're going to get our answer here after this season. Will Bill Belichick stay on in New England or will he be ousted? Yes, yeah, so you're saying, Jordy, if Belichick's still the guy going into the 2024 season, if we get to the preseason and you know the draft and all that, Belichick's still in place that it's probably beyond 2024, right? Like he's going to be here for the next few years. That's it. I mean, it, it's, it's the only thing that makes sense. I mean, why would you have him come in and basically rebuild your football team and then you fire him exactly. in 2025? Like it, it yep. just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I agree 100%. So it's it's so fascinating. It's just another wrinkle. But uh, yeah, I think in the short term, what a flex by Belichick. <laughs> the news drop on Sunday. They go out and they beat the Bills. I mean, Basically 10-point underdogs, 8.5, whatever it was, 9. It was moving all over the place, but they were huge underdogs at home. Biggest underdogs at home since Tom Brady's first season as a starting quarterback. And they go out and win that ball game. And then Bill wasn't done flexing after the game, right, Jordy? Because then he he mysteriously waves Malik Cunningham, which is a big story here that would be even bigger if the Patriots had lost this ball game, and that's all we would focus on. Uh, but they won. So, you know, you start out giving the team a little bit of flowers there. But this Malik Cunningham news is another head scratcher. It's like, what are we doing here? They just signed Cunningham to the active roster for the Vegas game, Jordy. Signed him to a three-year deal. And now they decide, okay, we're going to make him inactive for this Bills game, which I guess was a good idea because they didn't play with the whole Taysom Hill role thing. They didn't continue with that against the Bills. And it worked because Mac Jones had his best game of the season. Best he's looked probably since his rookie year, right? So I guess they made a good decision keeping Malik Cunningham inactive for this game. But then they decide they want to get him back on the practice squad, which means after you sign him to your roster, you have to waive him, right? So they've waived Malik Cunningham trying to get him back on the practice squad. And I know like Patriots fans are probably, they don't know what to think right now, right, Jordy? And you said they're, they're pretty much pissed that the Patriots moved on from this player like this. Now, maybe they get him back, but... 
Does this make any sense? You go from signing the kid to a multi-year deal, getting him on the active roster, making him active as the number two quarterback against Vegas, and a week later, he's gone? Like, what? What's going Make this make sense for me, man. Ryan, nothing has made sense in New England since the 2022 season. <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> I mean, goodness, man. It's like we're living in the upside-down world here um, with the Patriots here. Stranger but- things, yeah. It's, that's exactly what it is because strange things keep happening in New England. And Cunningham is, is another thing. Obviously, Malik Cunningham is a fan favorite, and fans kind of gravitated towards him in the preseason when he's, you know, he showed he showed off some some versatility there under center, his ability to throw the ball on the move and you know, use his legs. He kind of looks like one of those new age quarterbacks in the making, you know, like like a Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, I'm not comparing him to those guys because those guys are incredible players. You know, Malik Cunningham, still a young guy, still learning. Hopefully the ceiling's pointing up upwards there. And obviously Bill Belichick is – Bill Belichick basically complimented the hell out of him, you know, talking about how much he had improved and, you know, how how proud he was to see the improvements and everything right before activating him and signing him to that deal to the main roster before that Vegas game. So to see to see him now, you know, like what, 10 days later, um, <laughs> be, be released by the team and placed on waivers, you're just kind of scratching your head and wondering what in the hell is going on here. But – uh, obviously, Belichick, is, it seems like he's wanting to open up a roster spot here. So by by cutting Malik Cunningham, a spot is open. And uh, he, in a press conference today, Belichick said that obviously if he goes unclaimed through waivers, that the Patriots would be interested in stashing him back on the practice squad. But you got you got to hope that no one claims Malik Cunningham and no one else sees, sees that talent and that potential in him. Now, the one good thing, it's the fact that teams could have claimed him in the first five weeks of the season when he was on the practice squad. You know, they could have signed Correct. him off the Patriots practice squad, yep. and they didn't do that. So so, so there's, there's, hope, there's hope that he clears waivers and that, you know, he comes back to New England, but there's also a potential that he doesn't. And – Patriots fans, they're pissed. They are. And, you know, I, I read I read one one comment earlier this morning that said, you know, the Patriots, they finally win a game, and now here they are starting to wave players like, like, like they're winning something all of a sudden, <laughs> yep. which is pretty funny. Uh, but, but, yeah, yeah, I think, I think they like the player. They'd love to see Malik Cunningham back on the practice squad, but it's one of those things. We'll see what happens, man. Belichick, he just he, – he makes some of these decisions that you're just kind of wondering what is going on, and – I mean, it's just it's Belichick logic. I don't know, Ryan. I guess I guess we'll see. That's that's the best I can give yep. you. Yeah, it is what it is to steal one from Belichick. We just don't know, and that's all you could say. Uh, I, they're pl- obviously they're playing the game with Malik Cunningham. It's a great point you made that when he's on the practice squad, he could have been claimed. And it's not like you could just. It's not like they're battling everybody else to put him on their practice squad, right? The Patriots can do that, but if if a team claims Malik Cunningham, he's on their active roster. Right, Jordy. So it's not like another team could go stash him on their practice squad. If you're claiming Malik Cunningham off waivers, he's going to the their their fifty three. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, so the Patriots are playing the game here. They probably think they can get the player back um, because, again, he's a quarterback. They've been trying to turn into a receiver, and there's not any real film on him yet, besides a couple of nice juke moves in the preseason. Right. So uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But just a strange, strange story. Uh, that brings us to Mac Jones, not to bury the lead here or anything, Jordy talked about Belichick cutting him. Now we get to Mac Jones who finally had his big breakthrough moment for the Patriots, right? He was just spectacular in the fourth quarter. He was excellent. It was finally as a Patriots fan, you're sitting there 
on your couch on the edge of your seat watching your team go down and you're starting to have confidence that they're going to actually pull it out there now there was some there was a sketchy time there when the bills took the lead the, the patriots had one possession i think it was the kendrick Bourne fumble possession jordy where it felt like they were ready to puke all over themselves and blow it right you can just feel <laughs> mac almost threw the pick horrible decision Bourne puts the ball on the ground you're just like okay here it comes they're they're just ready to puke all over themselves and give this game away the bills are going to win like you just know what's going to happen but then they reversed that and they got it done and they finished the job and it was it was pretty awesome. I think after the game, Mac Jones kind of told us what the difference was for him. Why why did he look so good? I think he told us. Here, let's hear from him. Continue to get better. I feel like definitely we left some stuff out there as always, but at the end of the day, um, we fought back and the offensive line especially just gave me the time that I needed today. And you know, when I have time I can do and read the offense how we're supposed to, and I really appreciate those guys. When I have time, I can process the offense, and I really appreciate those guys really giving praise to the offensive line in the postgame, Jordy. He did that multiple times, and I think Mac is kind of telling us he's kind of given some credence to what everybody says about Mac Jones. When things are right around him, he can be a serviceable, good starting quarterback in this league that can lead you to wins, like we saw in his rookie year. When it's not good around him, when the offensive line is protecting him, when he's staring down the rush and when he's flustered, uh, it's a whole different ballgame, right? He can't get it done. Like we saw against in these, you know, those blowout losses to the Saints and to the Cowboys and all that, right? But when he's got it figured out, when his protections figured out, and Mike and when you playing right tackle definitely helped that. I think it helped stabilize some things. Uh, when Mac was comfortable back there with his offensive line, not worrying about his protection and just knowing, okay, I can just step into my throws. Maybe I'll take a hit here, but I'm not going to get completely cleaned out or worry about a turnover or something like that. You know, hit as I'm throwing or whatever. When he has that confidence. He's a different player, and he definitely looked like a different player on Sunday. So you're watching as a fan. You're like, why Why does it look so much better? I think it's that simple. When he has the offensive line functioning in front of him, he's a good he's a good quarterback, and he can be the guy for the Patriots. So what do you think about that? No, I completely agree. You know, the biggest reason why he looked so good and why the Patriots won this game is because they didn't turn the ball over because of Mac Jones. Obviously, Kendrick Bourne had the turnover, but Mac Jones didn't throw any interceptions. He didn't have any – didn't have any costly fumbles out there. You know, he, he took care of the football. And why was that? Because the offensive line was finally stable. You know, the decision to move Michael and Winu to right tackle, it paid off big for the Patriots because Vidarian Lowe was getting absolutely obliterated at right tackle. You know, I, I'm still having nightmares from, from, from that Max Crosby game yeah. and, him, and him delivering that safety to Mac Jones. It's just goodness, man. I mean, the guy had no help up front. And it's just not a good situation. And it makes me think back to makes me think back to to, to the the source the source that, that talked to Fox Sports is Henry McKenna. You know our good friend Henry over there at Fox. You know, and and that source had said no matter how good of a cook you are, you cannot make garbage taste good. Even if it was not Mac at quarterback, what quarterback would want to play here under these conditions? And it's right. I mean, come on, it's absolutely right. You know, I mean. There's no receiving help. Obviously, you get Demario Douglas more involved, which is which was amazing. We could talk about that here in a second. But but then you look around and the offensive line was the play was atrocious. They couldn't protect Mac Jones. And you know, uh, unless you're Patrick Mahomes and maybe Lamar Jackson or some of these, some of these quarterbacks, you're going to get absolutely mauled behind that offensive line, guys. Look, look, you can talk about wanting to go out and get a new quarterback, but I'm telling you right now, if you can't protect the guy you have. You're not going to be successful in the NFL. And that's been the case with Mac Jones. You know, finally, the Patriots were able to muster up some protection there up front. 
And yeah, you know, the Bills, they had some guys out. Obviously, Ed Oliver's out. But I don't even want to hear it because the Patriots, they've been devastated with injuries all freaking season. So cry me a river. I'm sorry. I don't feel bad for you, Buffalo fans. But at the end of the day, they were able to protect Matt Jones. And Matt Jones was able to go to work. Matt Jones is a good quarterback. He can make plays. But like any quarterback in this league, unless you're the, the elite above the elite, he needs help. He needs protection. They can beat any team. So it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. Yeah, I think what we've learned about Mac Jones is that he's not a unicorn. He's he's a fine quarterback. He's not a unicorn. He's not Mahomes. We know that by now, right? Obviously, <laughs> it's third year. But uh, yeah, it, it, could, it it's fine when the offensive line is functioning. And I think the game plan was was very good. I think the Patriots obviously felt good going into this game. Jordy, that's probably why Bill Belichick was was fine dropping that news beforehand on Sunday morning. Like uh, the Bills were, they're, they're <laughs> devastated by injuries on defense, right? Matt Milano out, Tredavious White, Tredavious White out, I'm sorry. Uh, Ed Oliver, as you mentioned, Vaughn Miller only played like six snaps in the game. So Vaughn Miller's not right. So they were, they had some backups out there and the Patriots took advantage. The Bills had to play a lot of zone. And the Patriots finally, as you said, queued up Pop Douglas and said, we're going to go attack your zone and we're going to get our, our good route runners out there. And it was Kendrick Bourne. It was Demario Douglas. It was great to see. It, it was good stuff. Finally, <laughs> finally. And, he, and to be honest, Ron, I'd like to see more Pop Pop Douglas. I mean, they, they got him way more involved in this game, but I would like to see even more of him. In my opinion, and look, Kendrick Bourne's amazing. He's done great. And he's obviously a go-to target for Mac Jones. I just I think Pop Douglas is the best receiver the Patriots have right now. And he's showing it. And I just I can't wait to see this guy like in year two, year three, and beyond. You know, I can't help it. Like there's a there's a part of me, there's like a selfish part of me that would have loved to see Pop Douglas with Tom Brady in New England. Like sure. that's how good this guy is. I just I, I'm fascinated. This guy, this guy's amazing. Yeah, I like him too. Uh, I, I definitely think he's the best receiver on the team. Kendrick Bourne's a little bit more limited, but Bourne is, you know, he he gives you some stuff. But in terms of like running routes, getting open, catching the football, like Pop Douglas is kind of that old school Patriots receiver. Yeah, I mean, he's he fits perfectly in this offense, so they have to get him more involved. Why they haven't to this point, I don't know. I know he's been banged up. I know he was in Belichick's doghouse because he fumbled, whatever. Uh, I, I guess they're finally b- behind that. He's finally out of the doghouse. He's healthy. And they got to keep going to him because he is, like I said, he is the quintessential Patriots receiver. He's and Mac Jones needs guys like that. <laughs> so, hell, hell, Ron, put me in the doghouse. Let let pop out. We need to win football games here. Yeah, you might be in the doghouse. Some of your commentary, Jordy. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. You're always fair. You're always fair. Um, what are the Patriots going to do at the trade deadline, and how are they going to fare against the Miami Dolphins here, uh, a, a team that just is coming off a loss? here um but they're going to be at home the patriots never seem to fare well in miami we're going to talk about that game here coming up next but first here's some week eight fantasy advice from the huddle.com Corey bonini here with the huddle.com to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number eight quarterback Derek carr new orleans saints at indianapolis colts even though he has just one multiple touchdown game in 2023 he has gone over 300 yards in each of the last two contests India has allowed the 13th most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. But that number is depressed from facing Cleveland and Tennessee. Four QBs have posted at least 21 fantasy points versus Indy this year, and Carr has the weaponry to make it five. Running back Raheem Mostert, Miami Dolphins at New England Patriots. Mostert rocked New England in week two when the Pats heavily focused on keeping Tyreek Hill from owning them. In that first meeting, Mostert rushed 18 times for 121 yards and scored twice. 
The Pats have surrendered totally neutral ground numbers since that game, and the majority of success against them has come via the passing game. Even after last week's flop, Mostert has still played far too well to be left on your bench. Make sure to lock him into all lineups. Wide receiver Gabe Davis, Buffalo Bills versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. After a month of strong play, Davis has turned in consecutive fantasy flops. The Buccaneers present a matchup that profiles well for volume, but not so much for big play types like Davis. That said, it's tough to run on Tampa. Tight ends rarely fare well, and this defense will have all it can do to slow Stephon Diggs. We like Davis's odds for getting into the end zone this week, and he's a pretty safe bet for at least 15 fantasy points. Tight end Jake Ferguson, Dallas Cowboys versus Los Angeles Rams. Ferguson comes off of his bye for a matchup with a top 10 opponent in terms of ease of exploitation, and he deserves a line of spot in all weekly formats. The Rams have allowed three touchdowns to the position and 13.7 points per game in PPR on the year. But the kicker is that all of those scores have come in the last five weeks. This is the second best yardage matchup since week two's conclusion. Ferguson really could challenge for a top five spot this week in fantasy scoring. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. The Patriots uh, coming off that stunning win in Week 7, Jordy, beating the Buffalo Bills, probably ruining a lot of pay- people's uh, survivor pools. I'm sure a lot of people picked the Bills and Survivor. I know quite a few Patriots fans, including my own father, who picked the Bills and Survivor and, and got screwed over by the Patriots. So uh, sorry, guys, if you picked the Bills, but that wasn't a good idea. Should you pick the Dolphins this week if you're still alive in your survivor pool, Jordy? What do you think? I mean, Miami, the Patriots played them kind of tough earlier this year. I know it's always ugly when the Patriots go to Florida. You know, it's just never, it's never a good trip out there. It always, something weird always seems to happen. The Dolphins are huge favorites in this game. What is the number right now? I think it's it's uh, 10 points, something like that. It's around 10 points. Dolphins are huge favorites at home, coming off a loss. They're going to be hungry for this one. Uh, but do you think the Patriots can go, can go in there and, and pull it off again? Can they win both of these games, Bills and Dolphins, back-to-back? That would be amazing if they could. Um, doesn't seem... Very likely. But what do you think? What's your what's your read on this game? I mean, it's sort of like I said last week before the Bills game. I expected the Bills to win that game, but but I do feel like this Patriots team is very dangerous, Ryan. I think this is a team that could win some games that they should not win. So do I think the Patriots could go into Miami and knock off the Miami Dolphins and 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 pull off a second consecutive stunner? Yes, I do. I think they can do it. But am I going to sit here and pick them to do it? I can't, Ryan. I'd love I'd love to. I would love to pick the Patriots to go in and upset Miami. And you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe I might have talked myself into it if Miami, if Miami did didn't get beat down by the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, so I, I expect the Miami Dolphins to be really fired up and angry coming coming into this game. Um, Tyreek Hill's been amazing. Tua, obviously, that offense, they just have so many weapons. And I, I think back to that week two game. Tyreek Hill, you know, he didn't he didn't really go off on New England. But there's a reason why he kind of struggled against the Patriots. He struggled because the Patriots still had Christian Gonzalez out there on him, who did a tremendous job, who Tyreek Hill even gave props to after that game. And, you know, so it's it it'll be a little tougher out here now. I think JC Jackson done, has done tremendous. I think obviously with Jonathan Jones back there and and, and Jack Jones back in the mix, the, the secondary they haven't folded. They've actually been they've actually been great. They did a good job against Stephon Diggs, but this Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and this 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 freaking Dolphins offense man is a juggernaut. And when they get rolling, it's hard to stop them. And I just I think I think it'll be a little too much to overcome on the road for the Patriots. But this would be a very interesting game. Obviously, I feel like if the Patriots win. 
you know, what 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 would that mean for the trade deadline? Is this yep. a team that that, that that does it turn into sellers? You know, do they, do they turn into the buyers? I don't know. Be a fun one, but I'm taking Miami in this one reluctantly. Well, so let's uh, let's just play the game. Uh, I don't think the Patriots win this ball game either, Jordy. It's it's tough to pick this. Um, for them to strike goal twice in a row, Buffalo and Miami back to back weeks, tough. That's tough with the way this team is playing right now. But you know, it's one good game. You know what I mean? Every every team has a has a day. Uh, and the Patriots had their day this past week. Is it going to translate? against Miami, which is one of the best teams of football. I, I'm, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. They do know the Dolphins well. It would be, I mean, what a turnaround it would be for them to go from those blowout losses to Dallas, New Orleans, and then losing to Josh McDaniels and Brian Hoyer. Those three weeks in a row. Those three losses. And then to come back and beat Buffalo and Miami back-to-back. That would be like, talk about not being able to predict anything in the NFL. Like, good luck. Especially with your survivor pools, right? Like, good luck. Yeah, just yeah, Unbelievable. Let's play the game. They they beat the Dolphins, right? They get to three and five. They just opened up a roster spot when they when they waived Malik Cunningham. Do you think beating the Dolphins makes them think about making a move, Jordy? Maybe trying to spend a draft pick to, I don't know, go get Jerry Judy or whatever. Maybe they're trying to do something, maybe add a piece on offense to try to push them over the top. Uh, do you think the win over the Dolphins could spearhead something at the trade deadline, or do you think it's a moot point right now with where they're at? I think he could. I mean, if you're if you're in the hunt and your team is kind of showing a turnaround, you turn around. If you beat the if you beat the Buffalo Bills and the Dolphins back to back, you're not just back in the hunt. Your team is for real. I mean, people can say whatever they want about Buffalo. I'm still high on Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's an excellent quarterback, and that's a that's a really good football team, and they have a lot of talent over there. So to turn around and for you to beat them. And then for you to go to Miami, a place that's been a house of horrors for the Patriots throughout history, and to beat that juggernaut of an offensive team, obviously coming off of a big loss, so they're supposedly hungry and motivated, and you still knock them off? Man, like at, at that point, I would think Bill might have some decisions to make. And I would like to see the Patriots get in on that Judy trade, regardless of if they win or not, because it's time to start rebuilding this football team. And I'd like to see them start with going out and getting a guy and then drafting another guy to go with that guy. And then obviously you have Pop Douglas still in the mix there as well. Man, it's time to start building this offense. You know, it's it's just I'm tired of seeing them struggle, Ryan. Although, although they did show some signs of life. We'll see if that continues this week against Miami. But it's time to start rebuilding for the future. We'll see if Bill's willing to do that. Yeah, actually, I think I'm not a big fan of Jerry Judy, um, but I think the timing is kind of good to go after him. I think if the Broncos, you know, the reports were, oh, they want a second round pick for him, which is ridiculous. They're not going to get a second round pick for that player. Uh, I think the price has got to be a little bit lower now at the trade deadline. I think, you know, you should be able to get Jerry Judy for like a a fourth round pick, maybe a third round pick. If you're willing to part ways with a pick like that, I think you could get Jerry Judy right now. I, I don't see why not. So uh, I, I, that's an interesting one. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Jerry Judy as well. Like I, I completely agree with you. I'm not a big fan of him as a number one guy, but if you were to get him in the offense, maybe as a number two and you go out and you still draft the top guy. Yeah. Like you, you can't just get Jerry Judy and stop. You go out and you draft the top guy and you got, you know, your, your, your top draft pick and Judy on the outside with Demario Douglas playing in the play, playing in the slot. Things could get real interesting in new England. Yeah, Jerry Judy is a he's a good route runner. He's known for that. I mean, he's known for his shirtless preseason videos running routes and people going slobbering over him on on social media and saying, "Oh, pick him in your fantasy teams." And then he always disappoints. 
that's the Jerry Judy experience right there. <laughs> At least for people that play fantasy. Uh, he, he has not been able to take his talents and put it on the football field and excel, but maybe he just needs to change the scenery. I agree with you. I don't think he's your, if he's your top guy, you're in trouble, but if you can just get him into the mix, get him out there, he can run routes. I mean, he's, he's a good route runner. He's precise. Like he could catch the ball. He can make some plays for you. I think that would be a good move. And if you could get him for a fourth round pick, third round pick, uh, I I think you make that move. If you, if, if you beat the dolphins, if you're, I mean, if you're two and six at the trade deadline, that's hard to justify uh, doing that. But, you know, we'll see. Stranger things have happened. Uh, any other thoughts on this game against the Dolphins, Jordy? I mean, they've never beat Tua. <laughs> Belichick, is, isn't he winless against Tua? <laughs> so that's that's a weird stat that is working against Belichick here. The Dolphins have won five of the last six meetings. But you know what the Patriots have done in the last six meetings? So the Dolphins have won five of the last six, but the Patriots, they've covered the spread all six times. So if you're looking at this from a betting perspective, which we like to do on the wow. show, the Patriots are 10-point dogs on the road, but the last six meetings against the Dolphins, and I know most of those are against Tua now, like probably like half of them, uh, the Patriots have covered every time. So they do have a way of staying close with this team, even when the Dolphins are better. Like the Dolphins are definitely better as we're, as we're talking right now. But the Patriots at plus 10, are you feeling that? So... I play in this like silly office pool where, where my dad and my brother are in it. You pick every game against the spread all week. I've been picking the Patriots all season. Jordy, last week was the first time I didn't pick them. I'm like, I'm done. You've been blacklisted. Patriots are going to get blown out by the Bills. I'm done. And of course, <laughs> they come out and just win the game outright because that's what happens. So I'm trying to talk myself into being back on the Patriots uh, train, picking them at plus 10. You know, I'm I'm also still alive in a, in a survivor pool. I want to fade the Dolphins, I think, because it, it's a weird division game and it's kind of scary. So I want to I want to be pro Patriots in this one, and I think the trends are kind of speaking to it, but it's still a little sketchy because the Dolphins are good. But what do you think about that Patriots plus ten? I mean, it's it's still tough. I mean, the Dolphins are just they they're so far away more talented than the Patriots, and. You just you just kind of hope and, and wonder if the defense can continue to hold up against him because they're missing some players, man, that they that they had in that first game. Obviously, Matthew Judon and, and Christian Gonzalez and those guys not being there for this game. And we'll we'll see we'll see if Josh Uche's if Josh Uche's will ready to go for this game. Obviously, he was he was out the last game as well. Um Keon White's been a bit banged up. Will he be back? We'll see. Uh it's just it's a tough one for me, Ron, but for 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 a ten point spread, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of it's kind of juicy there because these these divisional games they tend to be really close. Regardless, they they don't typically end in blowouts. So for ten points, I mean, Ryan, that's a that's a bet I'd be willing to take. I I I'd take that. I'm not saying that with a ton of confidence. I'm not standing on the table and pounding my chest while saying that. But for ten points, I would take that. Yeah, I'm leaning that way. But all the analytics sites, they say like the Patriots are like below 20% chance of winning when they run the numbers, right? Just <laughs> and, it, and that's not surprising because the Patriots numbers are so bad in the first few weeks of the season that it's going to weigh that down. Um, but, you know, it, it depends. Can you can you keep the Dolphins under 30 points, right? I, I don't think the Patriots can win a game in the 30s. And that's what the Dolphins are going to try to do. They're going to try to make this thing a shoot shootout. So, uh, you know, can you keep the Dolphins in the 20s and try to win a game with a similar score like you did against Buffalo, right? Um, in the 20s. I think that's that's the that's the question here. It'll be fascinating. How do the Patriots attack the Dolphins too, Jordy? Could be interesting as well. The Patriots blitzed Josh Allen a lot. They didn't do the whole like 
let's stay back, not give up the big play thing because that's burned them in the past by Josh Allen extending plays and burning them deep anyway. You know what I mean? Allen has a way of just holding on to the football. You drop guys back, he's going to run or he's going to beat you deep on on kind of broken plays. The Patriots didn't really just stay the F back like they've done in the past, The whole that old Belichick thing. They came after him, I thought, in this game. They blitzed a lot. They got pressure on him. They got him uncomfortable. And I think teams that have been blitzing Tua and getting pressure on him, the Eagles did it, you know, just this past week, you get pressure on Tua and you can kind of just cut the head off the snake, if you will, if that's a good analogy, right? So I'm interested to see if they dial up the pressure on Tua just like they did against Josh Allen in this game. But you got to hope your guys can get home. And that, that's, right. that's the big yeah. trick there with, with, a, with a guy like Tua and obviously the speed that they have on the outside there receiver with, you know, it, it's not it's not just it's not just the digs out here. You know, Tyreek Hill is just he's an absolute monster and terror back there. So these guys can get open and they can get open really quickly. So you, you just you have to get home there. And you know what? I'll I'll, I'll make you feel even better, Ron. Obviously, Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey and those guys, the, the Dolphins have been a bit banged up on the back end of their defense as well. So even if Tua and company are able to score, if the Dolphins are still a bit banged up on their back end, it makes you wonder if the Patriots can come in, you know, with Mac Jones and company, if they can continue to move the ball, continue to make plays and and possibly put up some points to hang around in this thing. Yep, I think I think they can. I I think the you know the Dolphins only scored one offensive touchdown in the game against the Eagles. So uh you know, their run game is scary, but the Eagles took it away. So hopefully, hopefully there's a blueprint there for the Patriots to stay in this one. But I think the offense has to kind of duplicate what they did last week, Jordy. They have to score points and they have to try to hold down um, the big place to Tyreek Hill, not let the Dolphins get up there in the 30s. And I think if you could do that, you're going to be in the game. And I think you can cover that spread rather easily. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take the points, man. I don't, I don't really have a great read on this football team right now, Jordy, but I'm going to take the points. So, I mean, so one thing I would like to see the Patriots improve on is is, is their edge defense. And we, we've seen it. We saw it in the Week 2 game against the Miami Dolphins with Raheem Mostert. Obviously, he he had a huge game because he was able to he was able to get around on the edges, and the Patriots, they really struggled. They really just struggled defending and, 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 and not setting those edges and not letting him get around them. And that was a big problem against – Against the Bills as well, obviously, you know, Cook had a big game there against the Patriots. But, you know, in general, the Patriots, they did not do a good job in that game of tackling. And we're talking fundamentals here. you got to make tackles. And when you're playing against a team like the Miami Dolphins, that's as creative as they are, with so much talent, you know, they have guys that can kill you in open space. I mean, it comes down to tackles. Can they bring Tyreek Hill down on that first hit? Can they bring Jalen Waddle down on that first hit? Can they bring the running backs down? You know, are they are are, are guys just going to be missing tackles and, and you know a, a play that would have been two yards turns into ten yards? So that that's my biggest concern with this game when it comes to the Patriots defense. But if they come in this game, they 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 get those initial tackles, they make plays. You know, I expect the Patriots to be in this one. So do I. So Jordy and the Patriots Wire, they got you covered up until kickoff. Uh, Jordy, you working on anything special for the trade deadline? Any, you know, maybe the most likely guys that could be traded, you know, looking at guys like Josh Uche, Adrian Phillips, maybe guys like that, maybe even a, maybe a Gasecki, you know, a, a player like that, that could, a team might be interested in to try to help them out, especially if the Patriots lose this ballgame, fall to two and six, maybe they're selling off pieces. 
You, you guys working on anything on Patriots Wire leading up to the game or in after? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll definitely be talking about the trade deadline, and especially if the Patriots lose this game. I mean, it wouldn't shock me at all if the Patriots turn into sellers. I mean, you said you said the name right off the top. I think Josh Uche is probably the biggest name there that that would be interesting as a trade piece. And, you know, I, I could see him going for possibly a third or maybe a fourth round pick if the Patriots are lucky. And, you know, he's he's a guy that's just not getting a lot of playing time here recently. He's he's kind of just a pass rusher, just a third down guy, kind of struggling there on the early downs with when, when teams are willing to run at him. And that's just not his strength. Run defense is something he struggled at and it's something he needs to improve on if he wants to be an every down player. But right now that's not him. So I expect him to potentially be on the block. Even if they lose this game, even if they win this game, I'm sorry, I could still see him being traded with Anthony Jennings stepping up into that role. You know, that that's a guy I could see sticking around in New England who can kind of do a little bit more right now. Obviously not as gifted as a pass rusher, but more of an every down type of player. And and I mean, another guy that I, w- I would potentially look at um, as, as, as a potential move for the Patriots would be would be a Kendrick Bourne. If they lose this game, Jalen Mills is another guy possibly that the Patriots could be looking at. So the Patriots, they have some trade pieces here. Uh, maybe Ezekiel Elliott, he's on a one-year deal. We'll see. Maybe someone would would, would want to dangle a pick out there for him. Um, it, but, it, yeah, if they lose this game, they could turn into big-top sellers and we could really be looking at a reboot. Obviously, you fall in two and six. Um, you, you're, you're not coming back if you're two and six. It's pretty much game over then for the Patriots. But we'll see what happens. I think a lot is riding on this Dolphins game. We'll keep you guys covered. Um, we'll be talking about this matchup all week long leading up. See who's healthy. See who's not healthy. Obviously, the first injury report comes out today. So stay tuned. There it is. Patriots Wires got you covered up until kickoff and beyond the trade deadline this year. Could be interesting. We'll be back next week to cover all of that stuff. Looking forward to it. For Jordy, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us as always on the pod. Subscribe if you could. Tell a friend. Leave us a review. That's how you can support us and we appreciate it. We'll catch you next week. 